With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Building the Dam podcast. Today I'm joined by Travis Johannes of Building the Dam, and we break down the Oklahoma State game. Um, of course, Beavers coming off a 36 uh, 52 loss to Oklahoma State. We talked about the defense, talked about the offense, um, and we're going to do another one of these podcasts later this week, just previewing um, the Hawaii game this next weekend. So keep an eye on that. And and towards the end of this interview, um, internet starts to give out a little bit, so it's a little tough to hear Travis, um, but most of the interview, it's fine. So enjoy. And joining me now is recurring guest, Travis Johannes. How are you doing, Travis? No, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Uh, of course, coming off the 52-36 to B-feet to Oklahoma State um, late hey, Friday night. We covered the, the early spread. The, er, the first spread was 16 and a half, I think, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think so some people go. got in at 16 and a half. And there, and and those people just made some money. <laughs> um, yeah. So, kind of just walk me through your general thoughts now that you've had a night to sleep on it and digest the game. Oh, I don't. I I, I, I kind of I tweeted this out earlier from my account, not the building damn account, but um, honestly, that game didn't do anything for my expectations either way. I I kind of thought. I thought the spread, um, which kind of varied between like 13 and 16, depending on when and where or whatever. Um, I thought that was right. probably pretty accurate going in. I, I did think Oregon State was going to lose. I thought they were going to cover the spread. Um, obviously, we thought that offense was going to be good and the defense was going to be bad. And all those things kind of came um, – came true i i was disappointed i I was hoping we'd see a little more growth out of the defense than we did but i do wonder um if a lot of that has to do with the fact that oklahoma state is a good offense like year in and year out they are an explosive offense so i don't know i was talking to one of my buddies last night i went to the you know i went to the game um with Leo, who also writes for Building the Dam, and one of our, one of our uh, other good friends, and I'll say to them, I'm, I'm curious to see how this defense. I think the real sign of growth for this defense, as as this sounds like a real low bar, and honestly, it is. But I think the real signs of growth for this defense will be what happens when they play subpar offenses, because right. good offenses are gonna are gonna are gonna eat up this defense no matter what, because it's still not a great defense, but Last year and the year before, crappy offenses looked great. So my hope this year is that crappy offenses are not that good against. I I don't know. So I I think a lot of people are 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 young. Oh, the defense is awful, just as awful as last year. I'm not ready to call it improved as we'd like, but I don't know. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm in the same thought process going into the game. I thought the offense would look good. Defense would really struggle. Thought Oklahoma state was just the better team and that they would kind of be around where they were. They were up probably around 20 points most of the game um, before that final drive. And overall though, I'm not disappointed or none my expectations for the whole season haven't changed really. Um, but it was fun to watch some football and just to talk a little bit about Oklahoma State before we really dig in uh, on the Beaver side. I was shocked at how fast um, their their running back and their quarterback Spencer Sanders was. I did not expect him to be that good of an athlete. Yeah, I did not. Um, I did not know what to expect from Spencer uh, Sanders. I I had kind of at at a I did a Q&A with a couple, um, actually two different Oklahoma State blogs this week. And off the top of my head, I can't remember which one. But one of my questions was kind of like, what what guys should Oregon State look out for? Like, what name should Oregon State know, fans know? And one of them mentioned um, the running back, uh, uh, Hubbard. And I think they said his nickname was the Canadian Speedster. So that kind of gave me like, oh, okay. So yeah. I, and, and it. I expected him to be fast just from from that, and I can't remember. Like I said, I can't remember if that was those either uh, Cowboys ride for free or Land Grant Gauntlet dot com. One of those two had mentioned that his nickname was the Canadian Speedsters. But, so that didn't surprise me. But yeah, again, uh, Sanders. I didn't know what to expect because he's a freshman, and they didn't even announce he was starting until like two hours before the game. So uh, yeah, yeah he, he he had some wheels. He was athletic. Yeah, for sure. It seemed like the Oregon State defense, um, they would bring pressure and get into the backfield. And if it was Jake Luton back there, they would have had the sack. But Spencer Sanders was able to escape, get positive yardage. And so that was not fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I feel like the defense was a lot closer to making a lot of plays than they have in the past couple of years. And there was a lot more pressure in the backfield. Um, Addison Gums looks like a player i mean and he yeah. just he i like though no i i i don't i haven't seen anything about it but did he seemed to not play like the second half i it, did i yeah it didn't seem every like time I anything him, happened I didn't see. they there's quotes from him after the game and he says i don't think we're far off we just got to clean up some of the details and We'll put a good game together. We'll bounce back against Hawaii. So I don't know if they're just kind of keeping them on a snap count type of thing, keeping them fresh because it's a long season. Yeah, yeah and um, he's still coming off an ACL injury. So I, I, that's kind of what I was. But but during the, like as, you know I said as, as, as the game and I early in the game I remember seeing shoot fifteen in the backfield. It seemed like all, all the time, and then. So I, I would start to kind of look out to be like, okay, where is he lining up? You know, before the play, I kind of wanted to watch. And then I felt like after a while, I'm like, I haven't seen him out there forever. So, but it was good to see. I Yeah, I did see those quotes and there hasn't been any news on any kind of injury. So it is likely just, um, like I said, kind of a maintenance thing where he's, he might not be fully ready to go the whole game, but he looked pretty damn good. So that, that gave me some hope. Yeah. Yeah. He could be immediately one of the most impactful guys on the defense, which would be good. 
switching over to the offense for a second, they looked real good. I mean, there's the three straight three and outs in the second quarter that allowed Oklahoma State to kind of pull away. That, um, and that, yeah, those three, that was bad. And that, that I think that that was the game there because they otherwise it was basically a shootout. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I was, imp- I was impressed with the uh, offense. Oklahoma State's a good team. Um, one thing people are kind of important pointing to that they didn't love was some of the batted down balls. I think Luton had like three or four that were batted down. And I think Trish and Debbie yeah. in the final drive had one. Uh, what's kind of your take or thoughts on that problem or just I don't know. I, I was I, I it worries me because I, I feel like it happened too often that game to be a fluke thing but it's curious and I'm, I'm curious how what what's Luton he's like six foot seven right something like that <laughs> yeah he's he's tall I mean I feel like I, I don't know I sometimes those are those things are hard to tell exactly what's going on um Stands and I haven't seen a, I haven't watched any of the game on on replay or anything like that. Um, so sometimes in the stands, it's hard to tell exactly why that's happening. So I don't really have a good insight. But yeah, I I do agree that is somewhat worrisome and honestly fairly confusing. But beyond that, I think he, he looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think Luton looked really good. Um, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a quarterback controversy with Jebia. As long as Luton's healthy, I think he's going to keep getting all the meaningful snaps. I, I think you're right, but I will say I was fairly impressed with uh, Jebby in his final drive in his last in the last drive of the game. There um, started off a little shaky, had a couple throws that weren't great, but I think a lot of that's probably just that was his first ever action. Um, yeah, first like, I, I mean, real action I, in yeah. a while. <laughs> I don't know um, what personnel Oklahoma State was running out there. I don't. I doubt it was their first team, but I mean, he had a decent drive. So I like. I, I think you're right as far as I don't think it's a controversy, but it did give me kind of that like, okay, if, if Luton gets hurt or something like that, I I have some confidence that um, Jebby is always going to be able to keep the team going. Yeah, for no. sure. I felt like that too. It seems like we've had a backup quarterback that I haven't trusted in a while, and he definitely looked like he was competent. And if for whatever reason he's got to come into the game, the offense will be fine. Yeah. Um, what also, did you think? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh. I was going to say, I also just he's a, he's likely the quarterback of the future, you know. So it's good, always good to see at least a little bit of like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be games against Washington and Utah and Oregon that he's probably going to get some snaps. (laughs) So, um, what did you think of Jamar Jefferson last night and kind of his workload and how he looked? Um, I I don't I don't know I don't know it felt like. Felt like you'd get in the rhythm, and then they'd switch it up, and they'd get Artavis in there or BJ Baylor in there, and then kind of, um, kind of slowed down Jamar a bit. I think. I mean, he still had a decent day, eighty-seven yards. I think was his final style, and that's not bad. I mean, that's a that's a, but I would have liked to see a little more. 
Yeah, I would have liked it. A little more consistency yeah. there. But. I feel like last year, you know, when Pierce went down, they kind of were forced to lean on Jamar, and that's when he had a lot of his big games and most of his production. Um, and it was a little frustrating that they'd kind of take him out, bring in new running backs, and wouldn't let him get into a total rhythm. Uh, but I think if it was a one-score game the whole game, they probably would have given him 25-plus carries and really leaned on him. Um, I think, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's a long season. You got good backs behind him. Might as well use all of them. Yeah. It was it was not a, a um, performance necessarily to write home about, but I, it wasn't – to me, it wasn't worrisome at all. No. And then uh, wide receivers and tight ends, how did they look to you? Oh, um, sorry. Uh, Hodgins, he, he had a day. God, yeah. He, that, we, we, we talked about a week or two ago. We had, we, me and you did a podcast, and we talked about the uh, quarterback situation. I remember your big thing being on Luton, being like his connection with Hodgins is pretty lethal. And they, they, they had a heck of a day together yesterday. Um, and and Ty John Lindsay, he he I think he had eight catches and I, I mean, yeah. he didn't have any he had a touchdown. Um but he's he was a he, he contributed a lot there. I think once it sounds like Bradford is close according to some of the uh, reports I read. So if you got Hodgins, Bradford and Lindsay out there, God, that's a that's that's a pretty it's pretty lethal uh, wide receiver core. Yeah, I'm I'm anxious to get Bradford back because as good as Hodgins and Lindsey were, I felt like Luton kind of was zeroing in on those guys um, too much almost. Not that that's a bad thing because they're the best receivers, but I thought he might spread it out a little more. Um, but I mean, hey, don't go away from what's working. <laughs> Keep throwing it to Hodgins as much as you can. Yeah, I, I, there was, yeah, there were a couple of times there where I'm like, just, just keep throwing it to Hodgins. It's working. You can't stop it. Just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was watching the game with my buddy, and he's like, I don't know how Hodgins does it always gets open because he does not seem that fast. He's not like uh, Tylen Wallace on the other side, but he just no, does he's, some. He's, he's not a burner, but he, he, he just. Good route runner knows exactly what you know, and he has good hands. So it's that oh man, that first drive, that touchdown pass to him was just freaking beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah, and he had like another double move type thing where he just burned the defensive back to get open. I'm like, man, Hodgins. And then a lot of his catches yeah. were just he was pretty heavily covered, but he went up and got it. Yeah, so that was fun to watch for sure. Um, another guy that was fun to watch was Josiah Irish, just on the punt returns. Or uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he well, like the punt return it, coverage, it, I guess. We didn't really force a whole lot of punts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but when yeah, when Oregon State was punting, um, it was pretty fun just to watch him just be the first guy down the field oh, and yeah, get yeah. the tackle. Oh, that's that's what I was thinking. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I was sorry, I was thinking of him on the on the kick returns too. Um, yeah, 
I think he only had him one and, kick return. Him and Fleming's both though. They they that was a part of the game that I was um Yeah. They're about one of them about to break it. But still they consistently got, you know, past the twenty five, thirty, something like that. Yeah. I'm always nervous when they do that because I think there was that one play, Fleming's got it back to like the 19, but then there was a hold, so they had to start at the 9. Um, yeah. Now the, yeah. The, but the new rule now, you can fair catch it anywhere and get it at the 25. Um, but for the most part, yeah, they look, they're going to break one this year for a touchdown. That'll be exciting. Also, I, I love the fact that our. I don't even know what position you call him anymore. I think on the roster he's still a QB. Or, but our string QB, second string and tight linebacker is also out there on the kick return as one of the return guys. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like they're just – now they're just like, where can we put Jack? Like, where is he going to be on this in this package? It doesn't matter offense, defense, special teams. They just put him out there. Yeah. <laughs> Coletto, oh man. So what do you think? Coletto, he got a decent amount of time as a linebacker in the first game, which surprised me. Honestly. He's one of those um it's always fun to see a local local somewhat local, you know, he's famous. Um and last year watching him play actually play quarterback was I, I had my concerns, but he's, I mean, he's one of those, he can contribute on the field in lots of different ways. And I'm glad they're, um, that the coaching staff is kind of letting him and they're finding a lot of ways to get him involved. Cause he, I think he can, he can make an impact in a lot of ways. Not necessarily as quarterback though, but I mean, uh, like the, the little wildcat packages sort of thing, but. Yeah, I for one am definitely out on the Coletto Wild package, a uh, Wildcat packages. I mean, okay. he's he I got stuffed at the line like uh, right before the half, um, and then he scored a touchdown in the second half, and then they brought him out for fourth and three, uh, which he didn't that, get at all. That that one I did not understand at all. I, I'm not I'm not necessarily out on those packages, but I do not understand it at four, fourth and three, three. I know three yards doesn't sound like a whole lot, but, 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 but it's a decent chunk. And especially when the defense knows what's coming, because when Coletto's out there, it's, you're basically, I mean, you're telling him what's coming. So I, I still like it as a, as a goal line thing. Um, I, I the, the one that got stuffed on, I was really curious because he had Isaac Hodgins out there as fullback, and then he he uh, he went out wide. wide receiver, and I I just I knew it wasn't going to happen, but there was a part of me that was just like throw him the damn ball. I just want to see it. I I <laughs> throw him the ball. Yeah, I saw that yeah. they brought in Isaac Hodgins for as a fullback, and I'm like, what is going on? And then they spread him out wide. I'm like, why is he even in the game if you're going to spread him out wide? I, I, yeah, that one I didn't necessarily understand, but God, I wanted to see. I wanted to see it throw to him. Just 
just for my own damn amusement. <laughs> and I've got to ask, why do you think that Jonathan Smith decided to go for two just before the half? I have no idea. I, I, I mean, he's shown some aggressiveness last year going in going for two, but felt like such a weird time to do it. He, I mean, because if you kick the extra point, it's a 14-point game. I mean, going into the half, basically. I Sometimes I like going for two if you're trying to, you know, maybe build some momentum and whatnot, but you're going into halftime. I don't. So I, I don't. I. I don't think you're getting momentum there. It's not a late game situation where you're chasing points. I just I. I didn't understand it to be honest. Um, and even like when when they like even if they would have got it, I would have been like, sweet, they got it. That was dumb, but they got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did not get it at all either. I'm like they were down 15 at the time. Um, you take the extra point, you're down two touchdowns, yeah. 14. And I feel like it didn't make a lot I feel of like sense. Going to halftime, it's, it's, you know, if you go into halftime down 14, it, it's, again, it's only one point, but I, I, I do think that gives you a little bit different feeling than going in down 15. After, yeah. you know, so I don't know. That was, there are a couple calls that, uh, that the coaching staff made that, Last night, kind of left. We talked about that one, and then we already talked about uh, the fourth and three with Coletto. I didn't, I didn't understand that one. And then the other, um, we we went, we scored with what, like a minute and twenty seconds left, or something like that, if I remember correctly. I think that was the 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 Jevia touchdown was, I think, right about a minute some. Yeah, just 20. over a minute left when he hit Colby Taylor. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that that's what I meant by the Jimmy touchdown, the passing touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. Down by sixteen, which is two scores, and it's you're not. I mean, it's unlikely you're going to get it. But why the hell didn't they go for the onside kick there? Why not? Like, I, you know, if you kick it off, and the Oklahoma State's just going to be able to run out the clock, you're basically saying that this game's over and. Truth be told, I mean, it, it really it was over, but why not roll the dice and see if you know if you get that onside kick and you can put then all of a sudden, you know, it could be a one score game and Oklahoma State's on their heels. So I don't know that that one actually really bothered me last night when that happened. I'm like, why it just kind of that one sat with me a little bit, and I don't I do not understand the reason to not go for it there. Again, like the chances of actually being able to pull it off and score two touchdowns in the last minute and twenty seconds and get the two extra point conversions is very, very slim. But I think it's still yeah. not a chance, especially when you have an offense that's that's pretty strong. And Oklahoma State defense, Oklahoma State's defense, isn't a world beater. So I, I don't know. I just. I don't understand that. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, on why why not at least give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it, to be honest. I, they should have done it. I mean, why why wouldn't you there? Um, but 
yeah, I mean, onside kicks almost never work. And then Oklahoma State can easily score a touchdown if they take the ball at midfield, even if they're not trying to. They're just running run plays um, at midfield. Yeah. But even if they if they recover it, they're still just going to run out the clock. So. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they, why not try it? But at that point, it's semi of a blowout. I mean, before the final touchdown, it's like 22, 23-point game. Yeah. So I get it. But uh, but speaking of weird coaching staff things that happened, <laughs> um, they got stuck in the elevator. So I didn't realize this until this morning, but I'll just read this. Um, like This is from the Oregonian. But the, I think it's Kenny Go that wrote this. And he said, several of the Cowboys assistant coaches were stuck in the press elevator to start the third quarter, including offensive coordinator Sean Gleason. So Oklahoma State went on a 75-yard 10-play drive with um, Casey Dunn, their wide receivers coach, calling the plays. Yeah, and it was it was funny because it was just weird because you know, they had that drive, they scored, and then all of a sudden, um, and I think we had a drive after, right after that before they went to a delay. And that, I, we, yeah. at the stadium, they just say, the PA announcer comes up and says, oh, the game is then in delay, and that's it. And we had no idea what that I'm like, what, why? We're looking around <laughs> trying to figure out, and then, uh, I think we found it on Twitter, and but yeah, that's that's a ridiculous thing. And then yeah, to find out that their offensive coordinator was in the elevator while they just steamrolled us for a oh maybe the uh, the assistant coach there, the wide receivers coach, he's he's uh working his way into an offensive coordinator role, and he can uh, thank Oregon State's crappy elevators for it. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it was kind of funny just watching on TV because they tell you what's happening and you're like, wow, are they really stuck in the elevator right now? Um, but what do you think? Is that should Oregon State Athletics be embarrassed about that or worried or just not even worry about it? I mean, it, it is embarrassing, but again, I don't I don't think it's anything. I mean, that that stuff happens like it, it doesn't I think, you know. I don't think it's anything where it like necessarily reflects poorly on Oregon State or that necessarily like oh they screwed up by having these elevators. I mean it's it's one of those things that happens every now and then. You hear stories about elevators getting stuck. No. Oh, it's happened. It happened in a nationally televised game. Um, it doesn't look great, but I, I don't. I don't know that there's anything you can do. I don't know that there's anything they could have done. It just, and I, I don't, I don't think it, 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 look, it's embarrassing in the moment. I don't have any like effect or anything. People probably forgot about it today, you know, Yeah. but it's just, it's, you know. Yeah. I'm with you. I think uh, John Canzano wrote, a little something about that trying to make it a bigger deal um than anybody thought it well, would did, be i did like uh i thought it was kind of too he had a you know oregon state should just lean into it and embrace it and use it for fundraising you know 
You can't get to the top without a working elevator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that one. <laughs> I, I don't know. For me, um, I'm always big of, of a big fan teams, people, all that when stuff like that happens, they just lean into it and have some fun with it. But yeah, our elevators sucked. Isn't that funny? Make jokes about it and just move on. And then, so I, I don't know. I, I, I like Canzano's uh, thoughts on that. I, th- I thought it'd be funny if they, if they tr- sort of embraced it in a sense, tried to make some money off it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? Um, yeah, and so and then, of course, the last thing that we should probably talk about, um, unfortunately, is the defense. They gave up, you know, mm-hmm. 550 yards total offense, 352 yards on the ground. Um, I mean, overall, I didn't think they were – I mean, obviously, they didn't do a whole lot, and they forced two punts all game, kind of when Oklahoma State was – maybe putting their foot off the gas pedal. Um, but I just think Oklahoma State is a dang good offense, and Oregon State was missing Jalen Moore. I think they'll be improved from last year, even though it was a rough game. Yeah, it's really hard a lot of times to tell much from the first game of the year, um, especially in college football where you have so much turnover. You have, you know, obviously there's rankings. Alabama, Clemson, they're going to be great. Um, but I think there's a lot. Of, okay, they're usually pretty good. They're usually good on this idea. But then, oh, I, I'd say take last year, for example, uh, I think week one or week two, Colorado beat Nebraska. I never thought, man, Nebraska's going to be really good this year. So that, that win later didn't look, I always have a hard time um, taking a whole lot from week one just because you really don't know that much about the teams. I don't know how exactly how good Oklahoma State's offense is. Um, so I, it's hard to right now say that game was Oregon State's defense being atrocious versus Oklahoma State's offense being phenomenal. I mean, it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest, but yeah, I think we'll kind of kind of have to see. Sort of like I said earlier, I, I think once you start playing teams that sort of have subpar offenses, that'll probably be a better indication of where this defense is from a year ago. Because last year, I I, I don't know. I feel like we could have made a team out of building the Dam Riders and rushed for three hundred yards on that defense. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not quite that, but you, you, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm looking I, forward to this Hawaii game because Hawaii does have a great offense. Um, but I. They, though, they, they, they turn the ball over six times. <laughs> true. And they do most of their damage through the air. And I'm a little more comfortable with that than somebody just having a great rushing attack. Yeah. But maybe I shouldn't I, be. You know, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> I mean, uh, it, again, it's hard. To, it, again, it, like kind of like I was saying, I don't know how good Hawaii is because I don't, I don't know 
if their win over Arizona is that big of a deal or if Arizona is just garbage. Um, so I, again, I, I think, I think you teams sort of in that middle of the pack to lower, lower half, you, you kind of don't really know much about them until a few weeks in when you can kind of have a few more, uh, data points as far as how they've done against certain teams. Um, but yeah. yeah, I am, I definitely am a little less enthusiastic about the defensive improvement than I was before the game, but this is last year all over again yet. I'm just, yeah. I'm just hoping that state turns out to just be an absurdly good offense. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. My my buddy I was watching the game with, he really does not like Tim Tibisar and the defensive scheme. Um and I don't know if we're I'm not if I'm ready to say it's defensive coordinator's fault and it's his scheme's fault and not just an uh, inexperienced slash bad defense. Um I- could be a little bit of both. So when Coach Smith made all the assistant coach hires, every one of them I was kind of like, at least like, okay, yeah, I could see that on, at the time, even at the time, I kind of, huh, because you look at his resume, coordinator, but it's always for like one year or two years, and it makes me wonder, you know. So I, I'm not ready to, you know, get on the whole like, he needs to be fired bandwagon yet, but I do think it's, it's 100% fair to question um, some things about why isn't this defense better? It's some of the, some of it, like you said, it's, it's talent. We don't have as much talent, but I, there are times where it just kind of seems like, man, would our lack of discipline or just lack of um, staying in the right lanes? I don't know. It just feels like that there's a lot of times where it's just like, I, I feel like some of coach, you know, um, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not ready to sit there and say, oh, get him out, fire him. But I don't think it's unfair to start questioning things. Yeah, I I mean, watching the defense last night, I didn't have a lot of expectations for the defensive line. I thought they were okay. I didn't think they got totally pushed around. Um, I just kind of thought, I, I kind of expected just more from the linebackers in general. It seemed like they kind of disappeared or like weren't around the ball as much as they should be. Um, and then my last kind of thoughts on the defense – was a lot of it could be just again Oklahoma State's a great offense, um, but they were throwing deep to Tylen Wallace or their other wide receiver, and they would sort of and be we, in right position, but they wouldn't turn their heads and result in a turn, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't know I, if they're, I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> yeah, that I I noticed that a lot too. There did seem to be a handful of times where I'm like, oh, oh, good, we have a good. Okay, he's not. Oh kind of ran into him um yeah so that 
again, that that's kind of what I'm saying as far as like sort of those scheme things and coaching things where I don't know if that is, I don't think that's talent. I think that's kind of going, okay, we need to change something in, in the game plan. Yeah. I also thought the, the true freshman Jojo Forrest being matched up with Tylen Wallace on a number of plays was just straight unfair. <laughs> Seems like you're really throwing the, throwing the kid in. <laughs> yeah, right. here, match up with a, one of the best receiver in the nation in your first college game. You got this. <laughs> yeah. We'll maybe give you some safety help, but not really. You're kind of on an island. And is it's extremely young. Like, yeah. You look at most of the, like, just um, a lot of the games, uh, uh, they're also of uh, Spates. How to pronounce that? Yeah, Omar Spates. He had a solid game. Freshman. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for a surprise. Yeah. Um, um, but did you have any other more points you wanted to make about this game? Yeah, and I'm not sure if the internet connection is super great either, because I feel like you're cutting in and out a lot. Might be my internet. Okay. Uh, hopefully. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, big picture, doesn't tell us a lot about what this team is going to be like for the rest of the year. Kind of what we expected. Um. And I think we're going to learn a lot more next week even when we face Hawaii. Sweet. Well, thanks, Travis, for joining me. And we'll plan on doing this again shortly. We look forward to Hawaii.